Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Uh, I was was thinking this while we were worshiping just a few moments ago. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I was thinking about that for a moment because I was thinking as we had pre-service prayer for a little while and, and one of the things that was being prayed over us was that, that God, would you just come and do a new thing inside of us? And I know that for many of us, as we talk about the Holy Spirit coming upon us, um, there's all kinds of things that, that, that brings to our mind. And if you were raised in a Pentecostal church, then maybe there's all kinds of uh, some crazy stuff that comes to mind with that, but also some amazing things that comes to mind with that. And as I was thinking about that, though, I thought there's a lot of times that we can get to a place where we're seeking the Holy Spirit. But when we read this, it says there's a reason for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And that's so that we can be his witnesses. And not just in Missoula or East Missoula, but in Wyoming and Alaska and Malawi and all the uttermost parts of the earth, right? And, and I'm privileged because I've been able to be to all of those places. I've been to Malawi at one point in my life and I've been to Kaparik, which is at the very, very northern tip of Alaska. And I think when the scripture was written and it was saying the uttermost parts of the earth... I think, I think Jesus was envisioning Kaparik, Alaska, because it's about as far away as you want to get. And, uh, and so as I, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking how amazing it is that our God is so faithful, and he puts this call on us where he says, this is important to me. It's important that you don't just make a holy huddle in East Missoula and just be okay with you know whatever group decides to come here, but you need to always be stretching and looking out and, and in the jail and now in Deer Lodge and all these other places where I'm like, man, God, you're so faithful because you've given us this command, but you've also opened the door for us. Like, what an amazing God that we serve, that now with technology and all of those things, and technology can be horrific, but I love it when God is able to say, listen, some of the stuff that the enemy uses all the time, I'm going to use it so that we can bring light to dark places. And so I wanted to, I guess I wanted to reiterate that a little bit today, because in just a moment, we're going to take this offering that I've warned you about for the last month and said, we're going to do this. And I, and I told you, in, in fact, more than a month because it was on the day that I was wearing my sparkly shoes <clears throat> that I told you this day was gonna come so that if we raise the $50,000 that we still needed to raise, that I would wear a sparkly suit. And so this is the day. This is the day of reckoning right here, right? And I, I gotta tell you right now, you guys are starting off at such an advantage because we are less than $20,000 away from me having to order that suit. So, having said that, I just, for those of you who maybe weren't here when we've talked about this, our, our ability to have online campuses has increased, and with that, we've realized that we've got to step up 
what we're doing here so that it's not a distraction to those who their only church is received through a video feed. And so that's why we've already started the process of remodeling and, and there's things that we still need to order and things that still need to come in. And so as the money has come in, we've been able to buy some of the things and get ready. Guys have been here working the last two weekends and will continue to do so. But I just, I just want to encourage you that when we're doing this, what we're doing is we're saying, God, we are so grateful that you've opened the doors that you've opened for us. And so we want to do the very, how many of you know when we're doing it for him, we need to do our very best. Like we, we can't just be winging it and hoping it's good enough. We're doing it as unto him. And so it needs to be our best. And so that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. And so I just wanna thank you in advance for your faithfulness in this. I'm gonna ask the ushers to come forward and we're gonna pray over this. And while we're doing that, I wanna pray over our, our different campuses as uh, God is just continuing to do incredible things. Father God, we're so grateful that Lord, today as we take this offering, that God, you have already blessed us in so many ways that Father, you have brought in funds from places that we did not expect and God, I just pray that, Lord, as we give in this offering today, that, Lord, you'd bless both the gift and the giver. And, Lord, those who are, are watching, even as I say this, that are watching in Wyoming and Alaska and, and in Malawi and those who are watching in the jail, God, I'm so grateful, Father, that you have said, not only do I want you to go to these places, but I'm going to open the door so that you can go to those places. And so, Father, we just pray that as we as we uh, do the best that we can with the money that you're uh, entrusting to us, that God, you would again continue to open up doors that are bigger than us. And we praise you, God, because it's not at all about making River of Life famous. It's not about making Jason famous or Seth famous. It's about making you famous. And so God, I pray that that will always be in the forefront of our minds. And we praise you, God, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as they're doing that, you can also give online for this one as well. There's a drop down, I believe, that you can, that you can uh, I don't know what it says on the drop down. It probably says stage remodel, or it may say sparkly suit fund. I don't know what it says. Um, but I do thank you in advance for that, and, and we're excited. We will let you know uh, next weekend, and if that happens, that we made the goal, then I will, uh, we will probably have that happen in mid-February, um, that I will... I will don the sparkly suit and probably the sparkly shoes as well. Um, don't, don't clap because you may be really sorry that you did this. Um, it'll be fun. But anyhow, so we're going to continue in our series while they're finishing up taking that offering. The series that we're in is called Built to Last. And, and really, it's just this idea of understanding that as believers, we need to be mindful of what, how we're building our lives so that we bring the most glory to God inside of that. And so last week, we looked at this verse, and we're going to look at it again. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came and the torrent struck the house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. 
So today as we look at this, I want to just spend a few moments, and last week we, we spent some time talking about that foundation, and the foundation, I believe, we, the Bible tells us that the cornerstone of the building is Jesus, and the foundation is his word. And so we spent time last week looking at, at the Bible and the importance of his word, and I challenged you to spend some time this week, just if you're not somebody who, who consistently reads the Bible, to make it a point this last week to spend at least 15 minutes looking at God's word or listening to God's word. And I hope that you did that because there's something that is so powerful when we begin to dig into his word and not just, not just hear the, the particular scriptures that I pick out on the weekend, but, but be able to dig in because the Holy Spirit is so badly wanting to speak to you and he uses God's word to do just that. There's so many times that I'll wake up in the morning and I'll open his word and again, I'll read a verse that I've read my whole life. And all of a sudden on that day, it says something completely new to me because it's exactly what I need to hear in that moment. And so there's so much power in that. And I believe that so many of us as believers take it for granted and we need to understand the power of it. And it is the foundation in which our life should be built. So today I wanna, I wanna take a few moments though and I wanna talk to you about um, this building thing that we're talking about requires action. And, and as we think about this, I want to I wanna bring it back to what's happening up here today. Now, for where you're sitting, there's not, yet you don't see a whole lot. You see that our, our other screen has been torn down. What you can't see from where you are is all the demolition that had to take place, all the construction that went, that's just beyond where you can see right now as they extended the stage and all the preparation for what's going to come. Now, this has been in talks for quite some time. We've had discussions. It started in a board meeting where we had some discussions and it moved from there to a staff meeting and it moved from there to more of a, a group effort of people beginning to have conversations. Bob, who, uh, who does drafting, sat at his computer and began to draft up a plan and we began to go over it. And all of that's great. But can I tell you that it isn't until there's tools in the house it isn't until there's actually men and women who are able to come and begin to do what needs to be done and the building process begins that we actually see this thing take shape. For many of us in our lives, we're all, we, we hear it, we have plans, we talk about it, we can go and sit with our friends and discuss it and all that, and that's great, but that should be the starting place because it can't be about talk, it's gotta be about action. See, we could, have, we could have said, listen, we just want to talk about what it would be like if we could remodel everything here. And so we're going to have committee meeting after committee meeting after committee meeting. And then we're going to open it up to discussion within the, the house. And we'll just keep talking and talking and talking. But how many of you know, first of all, you're going to get sick of talking about it? You're going to be like, can we do something, Right. But how many people that, that come to church on a weekly basis are just fine with just talking about it? God's calling us to action. He's calling us to move. He's calling us to do. And I think that, that Western society, especially, we become very lazy in the way that we approach even most of life. Everything has become almost automated to where it's gotta be comfortable for me. It's, it's interesting to me because uh, I was, I was uh, in a restroom, uh, again, not too long ago. I've seen this happen multiple times where they've got the, the, people are getting used to like the auto water thing, right? And so they go to wash their hands and I literally watched somebody go up and they put their hand under it and they, and they were like, oh, and they left. 
I can't be pushing a button. Come on now. I mean, we are getting to a point of being super lazy, right? And so out of that, I think that many of us have come to this place where when we come to church, we come to church and we're like, I hope the seats are comfortable. I hope the, the volume is where it needs to be. I hope the message isn't too dry. I hope the worship team does my favorite song and all of this stuff. And it's really, it's become this consumer thing where it's about us. And you see it where people are like, oh yeah, I, 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 this is, they're doing it the way that I want them to. And as soon as they're not doing it the way that I want them to, I'm going to go find somewhere who is doing it the way that I want them to. And we've, we've gotten this, this mentality. But as we look at the key verse, what we need to understand is that uh, the verse compares us to a builder who is choosing to build a home. So that requires action. Some of us come to church to hear God's word, but then we do nothing with it. But can I tell you that the Bible is quite clear that revelation equals responsibility. Amen. So if, you're, if the word is being revealed to you, yeah. then, all, then what, what's next for you is responsibility. Yeah. You're responsible for what you hear. Yeah. So when we talk about it here, it isn't just like, oh yeah, that was fine. It's, oh, God, you've revealed something to me. So in that revelation, now I'm responsible for what I now know. Yeah. One, of the, one of the biggest frustrations as a preacher is when I, I spend time with somebody and, I, and we look at God's word and we, and we dig in and, and, and somebody nods and smiles and says, yeah, that's great. And then you see that there's no application to it inside of their life. This book will change everything, but it only changes things when we choose to apply it. Some of you have realized God's expectation and have neglected to put it into practice. And I've been in that position before. I know, uh, I know when there's something in me that needs to change and I don't really want to change it. And so what, can, what I can do sometimes is I can, I can pretend to forget about it until I actually do forget about it. Because I don't really want, you know, sometimes his word hurts. Yep. It's, it's like a surgeon's scalpel that comes and, and removes things from us. But when a surgeon goes in to remove something from you, it's removing something that's harmful to you, yeah. right? So for many of us, we, we treat it as though, oh, I'm having to get rid of some good stuff. No, the reality is when, when the word of God pierces you, when it, when it does something inside of you, it's, it's always changing us for the best. So we can, we can talk about the word, we can spend time and, and be in deep theological debate, but the reality is, is we need to be walking it out. We need, to be, we need to be doing what his word says. So many believers take delight in what they know, but this verse tells us that it's not about what you know, it's about what you do. As you hear his word, it should change you. It should make things happen. In fact, James chapter one, verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Without action, Christianity is a glorified book club. Think about it. That's absolutely true. If we're not going to put what we, what we learn into action, then what we're doing here tonight is we're just having a very big book club. We all go, hey, let's read the book together, and then we'll come here and we'll let the bald guy talk about it for a little bit. 
and then we'll all go home and it won't affect anything. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in a glorified book club. Action is what sets true believers apart. See, if we, if we as believers will start to walk this thing out, if we'll start to actually believe what this book says and we'll put it into practice, then when we act on what God's word says, then people will see a difference in us. Because you can talk about it all you want, but if you talk but nothing looks different about you, then you're not gonna win people to Jesus. It's when you walk this thing out and when people are like, you know, hey, you know, what are you doing this weekend? We're going to go do, you know, we're going to go, we're having a party. And you go, no, I, well, I'm going to church on Saturday and we're going to go and serve some, some homeless people or we're going to go and, and, and bring some furniture to a, a single mom who just got her first apartment or we're going we're gonna to work in the food bank together and, and we're going to serve because it's what we do. And well, who are you doing that with? Well, my church. And then after that, we'll, we'll come back and we'll worship together and we'll listen to God's word and, and fellowship and spend time with each other. And now all of a sudden people are like, wow, you're, like, you're actually doing something. If it's just about coming and getting together and we sing some songs together and we read the word, then a lot of people go, oh yeah, I know what church is. But it's the action part and that's really what I love about this place is that it is, it, from day one it has set us apart because people look and they go, wait a second, you guys have like trucks and you're driving around town and you're delivering things and you're picking things up and you're feeding people and you're doing all these things and what, you have a food truck and you're feeding kids during the summer and you're doing all this stuff and they're like, well, what, what is that? And we go, let's call it being the church, yeah. right? God reveals himself to us in many ways, but can I just tell you that as we talk about revelation, revelation always needs to be followed by action. And what happens is when God reveals something to you in his word and you act on it, then guess what? He reveals something new. It's a cycle. It continues that we go, okay, God, you showed me something. I'm going to act on it. So we act on it. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Fresh revelation. And then as soon as there's fresh revelation, we go, I'm gonna act on it. And so what happens a lot of times is we don't act on it and so we don't get fresh revelation. And then many people will go, oh, well, it must be the church that I'm at, so I must need to go to a different church because I'm not getting fresh revelation. Or it must be the Bible study I'm in or it must be the home group that I'm in and so I need to find a different one. And the reality is, is God is always faithful to bring new revelation to you, but he's waiting for you to act on what he's already told you. So as we've looked at this, what I need you to understand is the first thing is, we talked about this last week, his word is so important when we talk about being built to last. The first way is through his word and it is vital for us to spend time in it. Psalm chapter 119 verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Now this is a verse that I've heard my whole life, but as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking about the idea of being in a world that we're in right now where everything is dark and it feels hard. And I, I, I'm even talking to believers who are just walking through one hard thing after the other after the other. And it just seems like everything is pressing in. And it feels really dark, to be honest with you, but as I read that verse, I'm reminded that it's his word that is the light for us. But for many of us, what we do is it's as if the lights go out in this room and we pass out, uh, we pass out flashlights to all of you, but many of you choose to not even turn them on. 
and then you're upset because you're stubbing your toe and you're hitting, you're hitting things. The reality is you have what you need Amen. to see. You have it. You just got to use it. Absolutely true. It's, it's there, but again, a flashlight will do you no good in the dark. Can I just, that's one of the greatest things. My, my wife is not in the room today, but she will make fun of me because in the dark, I stub my toe more than anybody. And it's to the point now that my wife actually, she used to be compassionate about it. She's like, oh, are you okay? Now she laughs. And she tries not to laugh, but she laughs. So one of the greatest inventions, now I grab my phone and I use the, you know, the light to be able to make sure that I'm not going to hit anything because apparently I'm very clumsy in the dark. But if I choose to not grab the light and I choose to just meander through our bedroom in the dark and I stub my toe, I can't be mad at anybody but myself because I already had what I needed so that that wouldn't happen again. So for many of you, you find yourself where you're running into things continually. Well, his word is a lamp unto your feet and you don't have to keep running into stuff. The next one is I want to talk for just a few moments about worship. It's not about the music and the musician skills and all of that stuff. Oh, we're so blessed. Can I just tell you, I just, I got I to gotta brag on our worship team for just a moment because this last week, um, I was spending some time, and as we were trying to figure out lighting and all the stuff that we're going to have to change up here, um, Bob and I were spending some time, and we were going through, and we were watching different live streams from all different sized churches and just trying to get some ideas and some thoughts about how they light things and all that. But in the middle of that, we kept, we kept tuning in, and we were watching worship teams from churches that were even a lot bigger than ours, and we just kept looking at each other going, man, we're blessed. Man, we're blessed. Like, and, and there's the, the skill level, which is, is one thing, and that's obviously there, but just the anointing, yeah. like, we're blessed. Um, you'll, the thing about worship, and, and, and it's time that we spend here where we worship, but this can't be, again, if, if this is the only place you're getting the word, and this is the only place you're getting worship, then, then you're, not, you're not getting enough. Like you need to be spending time in your own in worship. You need to, whether that's putting on something on your phone to listen to or whether it's just, whether it's just you singing and, and worshiping or whatever that looks like. But, but to be able to just say, just say I, God, I, I'm, I'm gonna get on my knees and I'm gonna, I'm gonna praise you yeah. and I'm gonna lift you up because in those moments, there's, there's something about revelation that happens to us when we, when we put ourselves into a position of praise. When we put ourselves into a position of being able to worship. And I love it because you'll often hear people that will come up that, that are going to like take the offering message or even somebody who's going to come up and speak. And they'll say things like, while I was in worship, God showed me, right? Because it's this, it's this position where we're saying, this, it's all about you, God. And when our attention is fully on him, then we hear him better. So if you're lacking revelation, then I just want to tell you, find some space. Find some, some place in your own life. Do it here as well, but not just here. Whether it's while you're driving and you just put on worship music, whether it's if you've got a prayer closet, go into your prayer closet and, and just worship God because it's in the, in the humility of that that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Yeah. And he'll bring you fresh revelation 
The next thing that I want to bring up and talk about as we talk about action, how do we put our faith into action, how do we walk this thing out, is church. The Bible says a Christian without a church home is like an organ without a body, a sheep without a flock, a child without a family. It is an unnatural state. So I hear people all the time who are like, oh yeah, my church is the outdoors. Not, that's, the church is, is the body of believers coming together, right? Don't get me wrong. You can go out in the outdoors and you can experience God. I have no doubt about that. But I'm saying you can't call that church because God defined what church is, right? You don't get to redefine it. Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 says, you belong in God's household with every other Christian. God will not ever draw you away from, from fellowshipping with other Christians. Amen. He won't. Some, I, I've heard people go, oh, I'm just going through a season where I just need to be on my own. Chapter and verse, where's it at? I don't, I don't see that in there. Why? Because when we withdraw, we actually weaken ourselves. When we step back from the body, we put ourselves into a position where it's way easier for the enemy to attack us. And so we need to understand the importance of this, that, that we, need to, we need to come together. And get, don't get me wrong, because I understand what it's like when you're in a, in a place where you feel like, uh, you know, maybe you're ha- you've had a hard week or you've, you've been in the middle of a struggle and, and you just feel like, I just need a little bit of break from, from people or whatever. But can I just tell you, and I, I think I've shared this in here before, before we ever planted River of Life, we were attending uh, what was known as Clark Fork City Church at the time, and... Uh, Word up, Clark Fork City Church, now known as Revive. Uh, but uh, so we, uh, we, were, we were attending there and, and we weren't really involved in anything at the moment. We had stepped away from youth ministry. We were just attending, loved, loved the people there, loved the church. But we had gotten kind of into a habit of, of waking up on Sunday morning and, and deciding whether or not we were going to church. Yeah. I grew up in a pastor's home that was never even on my radar ever. But all of a sudden I found myself in a season and it was a season where I was walking through something hard and I was hurt and all of those things. And so I w- we would wake up in the morning and we would look at each other and we'd go, are we gonna go today or are we not gonna go today? And, and so on one particular day was the day that, that I, uh, I woke up and I looked at Shannon and we were talking about it and I was really leaning heavy towards let's not. And I, was, I said, well, we'll do a family day right? Because I was going to make it. So I was like, I'm doing something good, right? Again, back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, I was doing a good thing, not a God thing, because the God thing says go to church. So we did, we decided to get up and go. And we got up and we went to church. And can I tell you, it was on that day that the, that the, the speaker, the one who was preaching that day, spoke directly to me and to my heart. And the Holy Spirit used his words to enlighten me and to show me that we needed to plant a church in East Missoula. And, and so it's no doubt that the enemy was trying to get me to not go on that day. So on those days when you feel that pushback and you feel like, uh, I don't really want to, I don't re- I'm not really feeling it today or, or something else is better right now or we can, we can watch online instead of going or whatever it is, can I just tell you, when you start to feel that, push back and get to church because God's ready to do something in you. And, and the Holy Spirit will nudge you and, and, and help you, but you've got to just be able to say, you know what? As soon as you feel that, you, you need to get excited. And you need to get in your car. And you need to come. 
now when I start to feel that, when I start feeling like, it's a little tougher for me to skip church these days, but, <laughs> but on those days where you start feeling like, oh, I don't know. Can I tell you where I do feel it sometimes is when I get asked to go and speak somewhere during the week. And, and I'll, I'll, man, I wish I hadn't made that commitment. Ugh. And every time that I feel that, I push back on it and go, well, I better go. And every time I go, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I went. This was so good. God, you're so good and you did such amazing things. And I'm so grateful that you asked me and that you're using me and I'm not worthy to do this, but thank you for, you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, like when the enemy pushes like that, push back and understand he's trying to get you to not be there because something's gonna change if you go. The next one is prayer. We need to pray that God will reveal himself. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 16, starting at verse 12, it says this. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the, fa to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So what you need to hear from that is God wants revelation for you. He wants to speak to you. For some of you, he wants to speak to you about things that he's calling you to do. For others of you, he wants to speak to you about how you can find healing from your past. But God is always wanting to reveal things. He's, there's not any of you in the room that, or that are watching online that God is like, okay, they're good where they are. I'll just leave them there. No, he's always like, no, I got more for you. I got more for you. He doesn't ever run out. He's always got more. It doesn't matter if, you're, if you, you feel like, oh man, God's used me in such amazing ways and God's doing incredible things in my life and in my family and all those things. He's still not done. All he's saying is, I'm gonna reveal more and you act on it and I'll reveal more and you act on it and I'll reveal more because he's faithful and he has so much good for you. Through prayer, we will receive revelation. We get more guidance from TV and social media right now than we do from God. Yeah. We allow TV and social media probably to dictate our direction more than we do our Heavenly Father. For many of us, even as I talk about prayer right now, if you are honest right now, you may, you may spend a total of five minutes in prayer during the week. Maybe you spend more time in prayer in this room on Saturday night or Sunday morning than you do throughout the rest of your week. And I gotta say to you, if, if we are believers and we truly trust him and want what he has for us, then why wouldn't we be praying and asking and seeking and wanting and longing for more? If your prayer life is lacking, God's revelation to you will also be lacking. There's prayer that happens in this room on Monday nights. And you are welcome to come and, and participate in that if you want to. 
There are opportunities for you to, uh, to spend time, obviously, throughout your week in prayer as well. And it's just such an important part for us as believers. But for many of us, we've, again, come to a place where that's difficult. And it's and I don't want to drive all the way back out to East Missoula again for prayer. Or I don't want to, I, you know, I got a lot of things going on. And I'll try and remember to pray maybe later tonight. And we push it off and we push it off and we push it off. And then we, we go, oh, yeah, well, maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'll, I'll pick that up tomorrow. And, and I'm just saying that, that God so badly wants to have communication with you. You may, you may go, well, why would he want to talk to me? He loves you. He loves you as much as he loves anybody else. There's nobody, just because just I'm standing up on this stage, God doesn't love me more than he loves you. God doesn't want to talk to me more than he talk, wants to talk to you. We are all his children. He wants relationship with us. And so for many of us, we need to understand the importance of prayer and spending time. And maybe, you're, maybe you struggle with prayer, and I'm going to just throw this out to you because if prayer is something you struggle with because you go, okay, I'm going to pray. And so you get down and you, and you go, okay, I'm going to even get on my knees. So I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to start to pray. And so you go through your laundry list of things that you know about, and you get that taken care of in about two and a half minutes. And then you're like, I don't really know what to do now. How many of you would like to have a relationship with somebody that all they did was they would call you and tell you everything that they need and then they'd hang up? <laughs> Not really a relationship, first of all. So, so why do you think that's what God wants? It's okay to sit quietly in his presence. And if you start to get distracted, because I'll be honest with you, there are times we do, we do staff prayer in here on Tuesday mornings and, and there are times when we're sitting in here and, and it's, we got just some music playing and we're praying and, and there are times where my mind starts to wander. Oh, I gotta get this done, I gotta get that done. And I have to, in that moment, pray and say, God, keep me focused. Help me to focus on what you have for me. Because the enemy would like nothing more. Even all the things that I'm thinking about, they're all good things. But in the moment, the God thing is for me to spend time listening to him and praising him and worshiping him. So, so prayer is so important. And so if you struggle with it, can I, just, can I just tell you? Pray. If there's needs that you know you need to pray for, pray for those. But when you run out of those, that doesn't mean prayer is over. It means just say, God, what do you have to say to me? God, maybe you don't know how to hear his voice. Pray that. God, help me to hear your voice. Help me to know you more. God, show me areas in me that you, that you see that I could do better, that you want me to change, that, that will make me more like you. Like things that you don't think to pray about because it's easy to go, well, I know somebody's got COVID. I know this person is in the hospital. I know this is going on. And we just pray over all of those things and then we think we're done. That's not actually prayer. He's not Santa Claus. We don't get on his lap and just tell him what we want. He wants relationship. The next thing, if we're going to build to last, the next thing that we need uh, to understand is the importance of other believers in our lives. We talked about it as we talk about church because it's important for us to come together, to worship together, to pray for one another, all of those things. But other people in your life that you get to spend time with where you get to actually go, hey, you know what? I was reading and I... Uh, this verse is amazing. Can you, what do you think about this? And then they begin to share, oh yeah, that's really great. I think that's amazing too. And then, and now all of a sudden what iron is sharpening iron, yeah. Come on. right? That's important. The Bible says that's important. 
So if, if your Christian experience is that you come and sit in this room and then you leave this room and that's it, then you are missing out on 99% of what your Christian experience should be. Many of us avoid those kinds of conversations because they're uncomfortable. We don't want to dig in with somebody. We don't want to reveal things about us, struggles that we're having or whatever. So I want to show you something that we're going to launch. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business, trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it, network, Maybe get some free grub. Me too. That's why I created what I believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group. We're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions. You got problems? You deal with them. You're an adult. Life ain't easy. So stop the pity party. We all have our issues. We don't really want to do life together. Frankly, at shallow small group, we try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. And you'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth? Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It wasn't pleasant. There's no pressure here to remember each other's name. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey man, how's it going? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? Uh, that's not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. And there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy, and we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. And outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial, but hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow small group, because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? Okay, we're not launching those, but we are launching River Life Groups. And uh, <laughs> Pastor Angie has been working for quite some time on these, and we've got a great group of people that are going to start. We're going to have some of the life groups are going to be in people's homes. Some will meet here at, at uh, the church. And so what, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear more and more about that. But I wanted to mention it to you today because it's such a vital part of our faith journey to find places where it's smaller and we're able to really talk things through together. Where if you have questions about the word, you can, you can find a safe place to be able to bring those and talk about them. If, you're, if God's doing something in your life, you have a, a group of people that will be around you that you're able to, to share that with. And so we're just super excited about, about this opportunity. And what we're going to do is over the next few weeks, you'll get a little bit more detail. And then, uh, and then it's the, uh, the week of the Super Bowl 
We're going to do something here that we will launch and we'll be able to show you what all those different groups are. So we're really excited about this and I just want to encourage you as we are talking about being built to last, one of the most important things that you can do is find some people that will come around you. Because it's one thing to come into a room where there's a lot of us and we all are like, yeah, we're excited and, and they're greeting you and happy to see you. It's another thing to have people who are, who are walking life with you. And so it's super important. And so we're really excited about that. Again, you'll hear more about that in, in the days and weeks to come. But I do want to mention, I just want to, I kind of want to reiterate with this, that action is required in our faith journey. We can't sit around talking about it anymore. And if you're, I, I, this is tough because this is such an amazing group of people. And I look around and I know so many of you are involved in so many different places. You're involved in all these different outreaches. You're doing all kinds of things. If you're sitting here today and you're not putting the revelation that God is giving you into action, then I would encourage you to reach out to us here at the church because we'd love to help you figure out how to do that. Because there are all kinds of ways that you can act on what God's sharing with you. I love it when somebody comes and they sit down and they say, God is showing me this thing. It's a need that, that needs to be met in our community. And as a staff, we're able to rally around that person and say, well, God gave you revelation, so let us help you find the action that you need to do in order to make that happen. And as they walk it out, it's always incredible because as soon as you put action to revelation, more revelation comes. He always has more to give you. Yeah. What do your actions reveal about how you're managing your life? If your actions are all about building your own kingdom and about doing things for yourself and always trying to make just what you have better and greater, then God's revelation will, will dry up because he's gonna give you revelation to do things to make him famous. Love in action is when we meet the needs of other people in their thirst. I was thinking about this and, and the visual of Jesus hanging on the cross. And he, and he says this statement that he thirsts. And, and I've always come to this place where I believe that, that what he's thirsting for isn't a physical drink, but what he's thirsting for is for you and me. He's thirsting for our salvation. He's thirsting for us to be set free so as we look at this, love in action is when, those, when we meet the needs of, the other, of people and we find them in their thirst. And for, for people around us, there are people who, who are thirsty. They are, they're physically in need or they're emotionally in need or they're spiritually in need. And out of our love for Christ, we should be doing everything that we can to meet them where they are and, and to quench that thirst as we know where the water, the living water is. There are people all around you who are spiritually thirsty. And here are some of the symptoms of that, of a spiritual thirst. It may, it may appear as unhappiness, as boredom, as dissatisfaction, as stress or depression. But God is able to meet all of those things. People who are spiritually thirsty have a need for meaning and purpose and significance. And they want to hear a word from God. They want to know that he cares about them and that he wants to be active inside of their lives. So many people, when they think about church and relationship with God, all they can think about is being in a place like this where they sit and somebody preaches at them and often makes them feel bad about themselves. And then they go home, so they go, why would I go to that? But if all of a sudden the church is in action 
And we are, we are coming and we're going, man, we're getting fresh revelation. And out of that revelation, we're doing more action. And out of that action, we're getting more revelation. Now, all of a sudden, people look and they're like, man, you are like alive. You're walking in life and there's hope in you. And you're making a difference in people's lives. Amos chapter 8. The time is surely coming when I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Beautiful girls and strong young men will grow faint in the day of, the, of thirsting for the Lord's word. Now, Amos spoke these words and he was talking to Israel and they had turned their back on God's instruction, but it is a perfect description of our society today. People look good on the outside, but they're empty on the inside. They're depressed, they're discouraged, they're defeated, they're in despair, unsatisfied, hoping from th- hopping from thing to thing, looking for something to fulfill them. And many believers do not have action as part of their construction. And so James tells us if we don't act on what we hear, we deceive ourselves. And John says that if we lack this foundation, we won't withstand the storm. And so for many of us, what we need to understand is if it's true that there's this whole world out there that is hurting and lost and they're not hearing God's word, then guess whose responsibility it is for them to hear it? It's ours. We, when we ask, Jesus says, listen, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. It's not so you can throw little Holy Spirit parties together and you can, you can just bask in his presence. No, he's giving him to us so that we can be empowered, what? To go not just to East Missoula and Missoula and Montana, but to go to the uttermost parts of the world so that we can make a difference for the kingdom of God. When we become doers, we set ourselves up to receive more revelation from God. He knows then that we won't just sit on what he's given us, but we'll take it and we'll change the world. God's so faithful because even when we talk about things like finances, one of the things that you'll often hear us say is that when we become faithful in our finances and we, we become generous and we become givers, God trusts us with more. And that's true in all of God's economy, not just in our finances, but with his revelation as well. He's not gonna keep revealing stuff to you so that you can sit around and pontificate about it. That's a big word. You're welcome. That's not why he's gonna give it to you. He's gonna give it to you so you'll use it. He's gonna give it to you so that you'll go and change the world. But when you stop moving, if you stop putting action to what he's showing you, he'll stop showing you more. And you may go, well, Jason, I'm, I don't have a Bible degree. I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not called. You are called. When he said, I'm, I'm sending my Holy Spirit, he's talking to you. He doesn't say to those with a theological degree. He says, those of you who are mine, those of us who have accepted Christ, He sends his spirit so that we can go and change the world. So if we're not, then what's the problem? The problem is, is we're building our own stuff. And God's going, focus. 
I've created you for such a time as this. How many people do we come in contact with on a, on a daily basis that they're hurting, they're hopeless, they're struggling, and we're just letting them because it's not super convenient for us right now. Tonight, as we close this time together, I, I, wanna, I want you to think about these areas because I think for all of us as believers, we probably can work on all of these. But maybe tonight, as, you, as we close this time out and the worship team's gonna come in just a few moments and lead us in some more worship, maybe tonight is a night where you can say, God, I, I need you to show me, like, where, where am I lacking? What do I need? For some of you, when we talk about worship, Worship's a struggle for you because maybe you're like me and you don't have a good voice. And so, so, and, and worship is a lifestyle. It's not just about the music, but I'm, today I'm talking about the music part. And so you, you sit quietly and you watch and you're an observer when it comes to worship. Or maybe you will, maybe you've been to River for a little bit of time and so you like notice, oh, other people are singing, so I'm gonna sing too. And then you come a little longer and you're like, oh, some people got their eyes closed. And so I, I guess I could do that. I'll close my eyes as well. And I'll just say the reason that I, I, I usually will close my eyes during worship is I don't want to be distracted. I'm, otherwise, I'm watching stuff. So I, I want to close my eyes and I just want to worship. And some of you, you, you come from maybe like a Baptist background or something. And you're like, what's with people putting their hands in the air? Right? And some people are like, they're discreet. They're like, mm you know and some people are you know and then others are like dancing woo, you know but why we do that because what we're saying is God I surrender like I, I surrender to you and I don't care what anybody by me thinks right and for some of you, you, that you maybe tonight you can go God I've never done that but tonight when we worship I'm gonna do that I'm going to not care what anybody else thinks in the room. And I want, I, want, I want to focus on you in this moment because I want some revelation tonight. Maybe you're lacking in prayer. And as Christians, we all know that if I was to come up to you afterwards and go, hey, you know, how's it going? Are you, are you spending some time in prayer? Oh, yeah, because that's the right answer. But you, but you, you know in your heart, I, you know, I pray for my meal when I think about it. That's it. Maybe that's your, your challenge right now. God, help me. I told you last week, pray. God, help me to fall in love with your word, right? God, help me to fall in love with conversation with you. Like, we gotta retrain our brain, maybe. For some of you, the church thing is a thing where you're, you're here tonight, but you may take the next three or four weeks off. It's always amazing to me because it would be incredible. You, you talk to pastors all the time. They're like, if everybody in our church all came at once and we all go, if everybody that calls River their home church came at once, we couldn't house you. We wouldn't have room because most people are every other weekers. But God's saying, don't neglect the coming together. Don't make other things more important than that. Because it's super important. The other thing is having people in your life that are, that are good for you. 
people in your life that will come alongside you, people in your life that when you are complaining or you're upset or you're going through it, they're not gonna, they're not gonna make you feel worse. In fact, they're gonna go, hey, you know what? Can we just pray about it right now? Hey, you know, I was in the word today and I noticed this verse. And as you're saying what you're saying, I realized that God showed it to me because he wants you to hear it. So let me read this to you. And now all of a sudden, now you got people in your life that care about you, but are also godly. And they're going to lead you in the right direction. So we got to look at our relationships and, and who are we allowing in? And are they helping build us? Is it iron sharpening our uh, iron? Or is it you're trying to be iron, but they're a rock and you're just getting dull? Because if so, you need to let some relationships go this week. I want to pray over you and we're going to close with some worship. The prayer teams are going to be down here. If you need prayer for anything, whether it has to do with what we talked about or not, you're, you're welcome to come down and receive prayer. They would love to do that. But as we close, wherever you are tonight, I believe with all my heart and what I've been praying is that tonight you'd receive some revelation. That God will speak to you and you go, oh, Jason, I don't even really know what that means. It can mean anything from God speaking to you about a situation that's in your life. It can be that God is showing you a ministry that you need to be a part of. It can be, it can be that God just is showing you areas inside of yourself that he needs to do some surgery on. And you can in that moment be able to say, God, I'm, I'm gonna trust you with that. Do whatever you need to do to make me like you. Whatever that revelation is, you need to then act on it. Because he wants to give you more. I, people will say to me, man, I just don't feel like God's showing me anything. I don't feel like God's, you know, I don't know. What, but there's things that God's asked of you that you've said no to. And so the revelation has stopped until you act on what he's already given you. Somebody needed that tonight. I want to pray over you right now. And as we do, I'm going to just ask you, when we go into this time of worship, put all distractions aside. Lean in and ask him, God, what do you have for me tonight? Let's watch what he does, because he's so good. God, right now, I just pray over every person within the sound of my voice. God, I pray, Father, that you would show yourself to us. That, Father, as we just spend some more time singing and praying, maybe even reading your word, even in these last few moments, if that's what somebody wants to do, God, I pray for new revelation. But God, I pray for that knowing full well that you've asked your church to be a church of action. So God, don't let us get stuck on hearing. Let us not only hear, but let us do. Let us not just take in, but let us go out. Let us be the church. Let us walk this thing out. Let us not... Just take from this place, but let us take from this place so that we can go and give to a world that is lost and dying and hurting and hopeless. God, let us be the church. Father, I pray for those who, who even as we're, we're praying this prayer, they're self-conscious and they're worried about what other people will think. God, we set that aside right now because it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It only matters what you think. So Father, we praise you. We worship you. Speak to your church tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.
Will you stand? Will you worship with us? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.